KDOW. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thank you for listening to the show. And hopefully this is a show about retirement. I think back in the late 90s, it was a show about tech stocks and beating the crap out of the market and being the smartest investor on the planet. And I've evolved. As I've evolved and changed, it's not a revolution. It's just uh, I'm getting closer to retirement. The show is about retirement because it essentially is about my life. On so many levels, I try to make it infotaining. Half Americans with incomes over $100,000 fear they'll never retire. What? Listen to that stat again. Half of Americans with incomes over $100,000 fear they'll never retire. If you know one thing about CFP Chad Burton, he uses a crutch. I use so many crutches on air, but he uses one crutch. He goes, well, you, you have a plan even if you don't know you have a plan. That's my Chad Burton impression. You will retire at some point in time. And you will die. So you will have an estate plan and a will, even if you don't think you have an estate plan and a will. And you will retire at some point in time. It's that obvious to me. Half of Americans with incomes over $100,000 fear they'll never retire. To me, right there, I instantly say, is that kind of assuming that you want an income of $100,000 in retirement? Because that's why you're fearing you won't be able to retire, because you won't be able to replace the income that you have. So this is what the show's all about. Wealthy Americans are worried. People who are age 40 to 65 with household annual income of $100,000, 50% said they're worried they'll never be able to retire. So says Edelman Financial Engines. I, I, I dig Rick Edelman. He's a competitor in theory, and I dig him. You know, earlier this week, I was like, I don't really like Dave Ramsey, but I, I, I like Rick Edelman. I like CFP Chad Burton. I don't really like Suze Orman. So, okay, let's say you have that $100,000 income, right? You're fearful that you're not going to be able to retire. What should you do? I think you need to look at your expenses. I subscribe to satellite radio, and it's one of the dumber, most frivolous things that I have. 
I do it for one reason, one reason only, Howard Stern. I can find my alternative music elsewhere. There, there's other options. Apple's got a nice music service, but there's only one Howard Stern. It's expensive if you don't negotiate and if you don't play terrorist hostage situation with them every year. So I play terrorist hostage with satellite radio, XM satellite. I call them up. I go, I, 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 it's time to renew, and I think I need to cancel because it's it's three hundred dollars too much. And they're like, well, let me take a look, and they tick 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 on the keyboard, and tick 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 tick. Let me put you on hold, a small hold for one second. Tick 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 tick. You listen to hold music, and they come back and like, well, since you're a great customer, I'm. I'm going to give you 15% off. I'm like, okay, deal. It's still not a good deal. I can get music services elsewhere in Howard Stern. He has gotten old and feeble, and he's not as good as he used to be. But part of my identity in radio was mimicking him early on. Not mimicking him, but I guess parroting. Like I, I saw something there that I was like, hey, this guy's breaking the norms. He's not coming into a financial show with horns and, and classical music. When I got into the industry, the people that did the financial radio shows, A, bought them, and B, weren't that knowledgeable. C, they played going into break and out of break. And I was like, screw that. I don't want anything to do that. So I wanted to break the mold, which I think Howard Stern kind of did. On some levels, some people will be saying, that's controversial. I disagree. That's fine. It's an expense I can cut back on. If I didn't have enough for retirement, that's the first thing to go. So I would look at all my expenses. I'd probably eat in more versus ordering from restaurants. What else? Maybe limit myself to two video games a year or a free one like Fortnite. Try to cut back. I, I would cut expenses. Have you ever looked at your expenses? If you have a $100,000 income and you're fearful of re- not being able to retire, you got to look at your budget because $100,000 a year is a lot of money. For most Americans, it's double what the average American makes, right? Not quite double, but in the ballpark. If I was fearful that I wouldn't be able to retire, I would invest aggressively. I would say instead of retiring at 60, like my dream, I'm going to retire at 65 or 70 or 75 or 80. I'm going to give my stocks more time to invest, to grow. So I would change my time horizon and my allocation in aggressiveness versus conservative versus modern. I don't know. How would you describe your investing style? I think I'm tech heavy is how I would describe mine. I think I'm, I like brand names like Nike and Visa. Um, I tend not to play into the, well, there's a lot of value sitting in healthcare or financials or small cap. But again, we're all different investors. I employ professional advisors to help me with them investing on top of what I do with stock picking. I don't do – I don't let like, hey, let's do big brand names only. I diversified a bit. But if I were to say me, I am tech heavy, brand name heavy. Oftentimes I'll say things like if you could see a stock on a NASCAR, it's probably a good investment. It's the Home Depot orange car going around the track. Dusty Wallace gets another win. The Visa halftime show brought to you by, like, 
if it has enough money to sponsor a major sporting event, it's probably a good idea. But again, consult a broker advisor. So if I had $100,000 income and I was fearful that I wasn't going to have enough to retire, probably because I need to replace that $100,000 income so I could stay status quo, I would look at what part of that $100,000 income is funding stupid stuff like satellite radio. I'd identify expenses to cut back on. I would invest aggressively. I would change my time horizon. I would alter my retirement plans. Right now in retirement, I very much so want to go do things that I haven't done in the last 20 years. I did them in my first, from age 20 to 30, I lived fat. I lived like on the hog. I was, I was the king of the world. I had a crown and I had a big feral pig that I was driving around town on. And everyone was like, whoa, that guy's got a pig he drives around on. He's living large. True. I went to Europe. I went to Paris. I went, I didn't go to Africa. I'd kind of like to go to Africa. I'd kind of like to see an elephant in its own habitat before I die, but not in a zoo. Zoos make me very, very sad. I see them as like kind of penitentiaries for animals. And that's never makes me, it makes me sad. So I would alter my retirement plans. I'm like, guess what? I'm never going to Europe. Guess what? I'm never going to see an Af- uh, African elephant in Africa. Um, I'd alter my retirement plan. What would you do? If that's how we're starting the show today, it's a show all about retirement and half of Americans make over 100,000 fear they'll never retire. Where do you fall? Because I, I think that's the, the, the breadbasket of the show. Wealthy people, good incomes, retirement, and yet half of you feel like you can't retire? Whoa. I just thought we locked the when we left in the morning. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I've been cheating on, cheating on you. You've been cheating on me. Well, this but is a happy song. This life. You've been cheating on me, I've been cheating on you. Oh boy. It's cheating on life, right? That phrase makes me think of happier days when I was younger. But were they happy days is a big question. CFP Chad Burton dropped me an email last night and talked about he's got some sort of mold issue in his basement. I'm like, aren't you a grown man? Shouldn't you not have mold issues? Because when I had issues like that, it was all in my 20s, which I remember very fondly of like having the whole world in front of me. But I remember the time me and Juliet lived in a condo on the bottom floor. And that morning, sewage started coming out of the toilet. And as I was trying to fix it, it started coming out of the bathtub. And then it was coming out of the sink. And when I'm saying sewage, I'm telling you, like, everyone who lived three floors above me, all their personal items were coming in my house. Their poop, their tampons, their hair, teeth. Teeth? How did I find teeth in sewage? I did. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the reasons you have renter's insurance. And that's one of the reasons later in life you have homeowner's insurance. 
you don't cheat on life. You insure things that you can't afford to lose. As a renter, I'll be honest with you, in hindsight, I could have lost it all. I had a, a kick-butt stereo and an awesome TV, I thought. But in hindsight, they probably weren't all that great. So for whatever reason, I was paying $49 a month to insure just in case sewage comes up through the house. The landlord had homeowner's insurance because he couldn't count on me not putting chicken bones in the sewage. You know what I'm saying? You insure things you can't afford to lose. You have health care insurance in case you get cancer, in case you have a heart attack, in case you get hit by a car and the guy drives off. Adobe is gaining today after earnings squeak past expectations. Airbnb priced their IPO at $68 a share. IPOs are hot right now. They are beyond sexy, which tells me we're in a frothy period of the market. Okay, let's talk about that for Uno Momento. Frothy period of the market. Um, I saw one analyst today, one of Tesla's longtime bulls, say it's time to take profits. And I said that earlier in the week when Elon Musk issued another $5 billion of stocks so he can have more of a war chest and pay off some of Tesla's debt. And I'm like, if he's selling the company at these levels, maybe you should be too. But it took a Tesla bull, new street research analyst Pierre Ferragou, downgraded Tesla stock today to hold from buy. He thinks it's a good time to take some profits. Ahead of Tesla's inclusion, the S&P 500, he still believes in the long-term outlook and recommends investors buy Tesla stock on any weakness. I can agree with all that. But you don't hear people come out and say, he didn't say the word frothy. I'm saying the word frothy. Have you ever poured a beer or a bartender pour a beer and you're like, no, 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 no. Draft beer is one of the creations from God. I know you're saying, make it exactly thing. You ever have a bartender pour a beer and it's like, you're new to this, aren't you? They're pouring it right in the middle. It's, it's just like 90% froth, 10% beer liquid. That's what's happening on the market right now. When we go to drink our beer, it's not going to be there. It's going to be all froth. We're a little bit ahead of ourselves is the thought on companies like Tesla. But it feels a little bit frothy. Jobless claims soar as COVID research hits the economy. Let's talk about that for uno momento, por favor. The number of people filing initial unemployment claims surged last week as rising coronavirus cases caused a new wave of restrictions on business activity. 853,000 people filed new claims for the week. That's not good. We were going from 1 million new claims to 900,000 new claims to 800,000 new claims to 700,000 new claims. Back to 800,000. And not 801, 853,000. Um, Congress, El Presidente, pay attention. Uh, your constituents need help. They're unemployed. And it's not getting better at this point in time. You can't say the trend is there. So we're just going to see how it goes. They pay you, they pay the government in taxes and you're supposed to take care of them. In times of war, in times of disease, in times of unemployment. It's the Statue of Liberty. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not the Statue of Bigotry. Tom Siebel's back. 
Uh, I kind of know Tom Siebel. He kind of uh, crosses paths with me. Tom Siebel is the CEO of C3AI, which for the record is an artificial intelligence software company that closed at $92, 120% gain from its IPO price of $42 a share. I thought it was going to go up 15 to 20%, not 120%. That's frothy. Tom Siebel, the founder of Siebel Systems, which once was a big, big player in the Bay Area of database information gathering, competitor of Oracle, hater of Oracle, fighter of Oracle. Legendary software entrepreneur was an early executive at Oracle and founder of Siebel Systems. He's legendary. I'm kind of cool. He's kind of legendary. He ultimately had to sell to Oracle because eh, Oracle was just bigger and better. More ensconed? Barron's did an interview with Tom Siebel yesterday. I like Barron's. B-A-R-R-O-N-S. It's slightly expensive. It's kind of a sister company of the Wall Street Journal. I like Barron's, and I know this is going to sound weird, but I used to have a big bear cloth bathtub. And when I started my business 25 years ago, roughly, on Saturdays, I'd read Barron's in the bathtub. I would go walk the dog, kiss Julia goodbye, bring her back a cup of coffee, and I would slip into the hot tub, not the hot tub, but the tub, and I'd read Barron's. Buck naked in a big tub, hot water, and a financial newspaper, I was in heaven. So Tom Siebel was interviewed by Barron's talked a lot about the company. It's a good read. Um, spectacular start to the IPO. Um, he's kind of come back into the software world after taking some time off. Is he more of an application developer or a platform for clients? I have a lot of work to do about this company. But the man just made bank yesterday, yet again. So IPOs are a bit frothy right now. Billionaires are becoming bigger billionaires. Millionaires are becoming multi-millionaires. Are you chasing them? Be careful. Frothy IPO markets tend to portend a downturn in the market as it's speculation at its worst. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just telling you what history tells me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I was just talking about Tom Siebel from Siebel Systems starting a new company that just came public. The buzzwords right now are AI, artificial intelligence, and cloud computing. 30 years ago, it was databases, relational databases, 
CRMs, uh, solutions that were made in combination with Microsoft and Adobe in mind. Companies deployed them, ERP systems, CRM systems. They brought them to market in the 90s. It was the buzzword. It was sexy. And then the 90s gave way to the early 2000s, which any company that would come public had a dot-com behind its name. And then social media took the throne in technology. If you were a social media company, your stock skyrocketed on IPO. Now, today, it's AI and cloud. There's some companies that I don't even know how to imagine them to explain on radio, and it stinks. How do you explain Palantir, Databricks, Data Robot, HTO, Snowflake? How do you explain a cohesive architecture in that world? I'll, I'll try to figure it out for you, but I'm telling you, be very cautious. IPOs, in their very nature, are initial public offerings. Initial public offerings. It's the first time you, the public, has ever been able to buy into a company, and you're like, "Wow, that's awesome! This company does virtual reality. Whoa, that's gonna be a big buzzword in the IPO world, probably in three years." Companies like Apple. And companies like Microsoft are buying any company that's doing augmented reality, any company that's into kind of like this could be something big in three years. But right now, it's all about cloud and artificial intelligence, um, helping corporations make no-brainer decisions, essentially. I was talking to my accountant yesterday. Um, his name is Count D. Monet. <laughs> He's very French. Um, and we were talking about how he still has physical copies of my W-2s. I'm like, those aren't on the cloud? I'm French! What? How are they not on the cloud <laughs> kind of thing? He's like, no, nah, they're in a box somewhere. I'll find them. Yes, I got the dreaded email or the dreaded mail from the IRS. Hey, uh, you have five W-2s, but we have records of none of them. Can you please resubmit them? I'm like, oh. It's not as fancy as you'd think. Like my radio company changed their accounting company last year. So that's two W-2s right there. Minimum wage doesn't add up to a whole heck of a lot of beans, but it's something the IRS notices. So Databricks, Datastacks, um, data robots. those are the buzzwords right now. Data, 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 data. Artificial intelligence analyzing data, 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 data. Data robots is exactly what it sounds like, right? Well, not quite, but the Internet of Things really didn't turn into an investable idea. Even though we're doing more with what was already established technology that adopted the Internet of Things, um, it didn't turn into an investable platform per se. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The electric car boom is about to get even hotter. EV makers like Tesla, Neo, and Lee Automobile have seen their shares go up 409% for Tesla, 1,200% for Neo, and 84% for Lee. Ticker symbol LI. Triple-digit returns aren't spectacular enough for you. 
A lot of analysts see more upside for electric vehicles as the industry readies a Herculean effort to deliver many millions of brand new electric vehicles. It is a pretty hot sector right now. I've seen a lot of people start chasing the Chinese version of Tesla. And that's when you start to get frothy and a little bit overextending yourself. Neo is Tesla's largest competitor in China as they've recently started to offer a batteries as a service concept. Okay, what's going on there? So here's what's going on there. Car buyers can lease the battery of their vehicle and save as much as $10,000 on the price of the new vehicle. While also offering buyers the option to swap batteries after a few years of use. Okay. Um, Rechargeable batteries lose their efficiency over time. There's a company that is so freaking dangerous. I, I dread saying it out loud. It's called FaceDrive. They're a wild, wild west stock on a wild, wild west stock exchange. It's an over-the-counter market. If you have a period in your ticker symbol or five letters in your ticker symbol, you might be a problem. Ticker symbol is FDVRF. It's working on an electric vehicle breakthrough by offering a subscription-based model with optimal flexibility. It's got a wholly owned subsidiary called Steer. They're offering three different subscription levels and the choice between 17 different vehicles, which you can swap batteries in and out of effortlessly. Hmm. A lot going on there. FaceDrive loves the idea. Steer is backed by the energy giant Exelon. I've been doing a lot of green energy investment work recently, and I'm going to have some rocking shows for you in 20, uh, 21st, 2021. Exelon invested $125 million in electric vehicle programs. EV subscription services are expected to see explosive growth. EV subscription services. Are we really talking about leasing or subscribing to batteries? And you could take said battery into another vehicle if you want, because it's just a shell of a car without an engine, just put it, pop in battery and drop and go. There's a lot of upfront costs in this business model. There's an abysmal resale value in this business model. The resale value for second-hand electric vehicles isn't great unless your name is Tesla and you've had the car for less than three years. Four-year-old Teslas don't resell well. A three-year lease contract seems to be the magic number in this new business model on subscription services. They seem to be an alternative, for lack of a better word, for Generation X aged buyers who would like to have a hassle-free electric vehicle driving experience but don't want to be holding fast depreciating assets. When you drive a car off the lot, it depreciates, they say, 20% in the, the moment you drive it off the lot. If you try to resell it back to the dealer, they'll say, you just bought it for 100000 it's worth 80000 Sorry, but I've only put one mile on it. I literally went to 7-Eleven and came back and wanted my money back. Sorry, 80, 80%. So a three-year lease contract seems to be kind of gearing towards that hassle-free angle. I'm not against leasing a car. 
Um, I've got a car that's paid off during a pandemic. It's truck. I've now putting maybe 200 miles a month on it. Where pre-pandemic, I was putting 300 a week. But it's paid off. I wish it was a lease. It would have been a lot less money. So zero emission is a thing. And there's now a zero emission transportation association. How can I get that cush job? I want to be a the president of a association tied towards a vehicle that's clean energy. Weird, right? The quote out there by President-elect Joe Biden, we can own the electric vehicle market, building 550,000 charging stations and creating over a million good jobs at home. With the federal government investing more in clean energy research. Clean energy is not going away, ladies and gentlemen. And companies like FaceDrive, they may not succeed, but they'll get a lot of investment dollars thrown at them. Trying to lease you a battery. Tesla's working on the concept of a million mile battery. That's going to be the big breakthrough that changes the world, so to speak. If I'm being hyperbolic, I've told myself once. No, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate the million battery mile. Here's a company that you should take a look at. If you are in the EV world, do not take a look at the renting of the leasing of batteries, please. Very speculative, undeveloped. There's a company called Xping, XPEV, newcomer in the electric vehicle scene. It's seen tremendous success in the short time. It's a Chinese electric vehicle giant. It's riding the coattails of Tesla and Neo. It's carved out its own demand amongst the Robinhood traders. The millennials who are saying, EV is going to be big. I'll, I'll put a dollar in any name and make it a buck fifty. Lee Otto, ticker symbol LI, named after its chairman, Li Jing. Backed by Chinese giants ByteDance and Mityong. Blink. They're an electric vehicle charging company. They've they're up BLNK, up 1,400% since the beginning of the year. Sky is the limit for a lot of these stocks. They are very, very much so wild, wild west. Plug power, ticker symbol plug, workhorse, ticker symbol WKHS. I got more. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rob Black. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You don't get to bring up Al Jolson very often in life, do you? California, here I come. All right, back where I started from. Where bowers are flowers and bloom in the sun. Each morning at dawning, birdies sing and everything. 
A sun-kissed miss said, don't be late, because that's why I can't hardly wait. So up that Golden Gate, California, here I come. Um, I heard that song as a kid, and for some stupid reason, it stuck in my head for life. I always wanted to come to California. When I learned Atari was in California, I was like, I'm moving to California. I was seven or eight years old. I was like, one day I'm going to live in California. Where bowers or flowers bloom in the sun. Each morning at dawning, birds sing and everything. Eh, not so much. <laughs> we now have forest fires that are regular. We have a drought that we're starting to look at water futures. California water futures. We're betting on will we have a rainy season or not. You could invest in rain or not rain. Good snowpack or awful snowpack? Is L.A. becoming a desert? Is San Francisco getting L.A.'s muggy weather? Is upstate Northern California turning into, I don't know, Seattle? You can bet on climate change now. You can bet on water futures. I don't know enough about weather to tell you if it's going to be a rainy season or a wet season or good snow or bad snow. I do love snow, and yet I hate the cold. I am a big old paradox. A sun-kissed miss said, don't be late, because that's why I can hardly wait. So open up that Golden Gate, California, here I come. Al Jolson. Um, can't tell you much more, but I can tell you that. Why am I talking about California? Homeowners are $1 trillion richer across the United States in 2020. We know the NASDAQ's up 30%. Whoa! But housing's up 10.8% across the nation for homeowners with mortgages. That's stunning. That's a big freaking fracking year. Did your salary go up 10.8%? Did it go up 30%? Those markets are outperforming yield. They're hot. They're sexy. They're beating inflation. They're beating wage inflation for sure. California homeowners banked an average $33,800 last uh, in 2020. I can't say it last year because it's this year. All because of the pandemic. Over the past year, strong home price growth has created a record level of home equity for homeowners. The average family with a home mortgage loan had 194000 home equity in the third quarter. The average family with a home mortgage had $194,000 in equity. This provides an important buffer. Everyone says the word buffet wrong. It's buffet. This provides an important buffer to protect families if they experience financial difficulties. Home equity. I have a home equity line of credit. I don't want to speak for CFP Chadburton, but he and I have talked in the past on air about the concept of home equity lines of credit to go out and buy more real estate. In no way, shape, or form is this advice. But he and I did talk about it on air of like, hey, Rob, you have a home that's worth a million when you bought it. 10 years later, it's worth 2 million in theory. Why don't you take some equity out of it and go and get another property? Not a bad idea. Thank you, I might just do exactly that. So I did that. And I got a home in the mountains. 
that is up 10% for the last year. And I'm like, timing was my friend. But you know what? I was lucky. I wasn't smart. I was lucky. Prices are rising so quickly because demand for housing is incredibly strong and supply is, is, is as strong as demand is, supply is as equally weak. The work and school from home culture that the pandemic has introduced us to has made us sick of our homes and we want bigger homes. Millennial generation aged into homeowning years and they're buying properties finally. We used to look at the millennials and said, you were born at the wrong time. You've seen two massive recessions. You've come out of college and there's high unemployment, not once, but twice. That generation's taking it on the face. (laughs) I went to a California beach last week and my son was running down a dune. And as you go down a dune, you go faster and faster and faster. California, here he comes. And he face plants at the bottom of the hill and it's sand dune. That's kind of what's going on right now. We've kind of gotten sick of our homes, and we want bigger homes or second homes. We want escape homes. Gavin Newsom says we can't got to stay at home. I need a bigger home. I watched TV in my son's room last night because I built him an awesome like den in his room for when he's doing school. I, I'm not even in my own living room. I'm in his room because the TV's that good. Um, mortgage rates have hit 14 record lows this year. That's unbelievable. It's unfathomable. And that's helped more buyers get in the game. Home buying has not eased much. And I get questions every week from people going, I sold my home at a high. Now I'm waiting to get back in. You think real estate's going to fall due to the pandemic? I'm like, no. And they'll ask again and again and again. Maybe next year? I'm like, I don't know. I feel that I'm more lucky by time in the market versus timing the market. The run on housing may actually be running out of steam, some people think, because we do have those low rates and we do have the pandemic in theory getting behind us in 2021. The pent up demand that came from spring won't be pent up demand next spring. Interest rates will fall further. I want to count on that, but it could happen. Maybe you'll get you'll, they'll pay you to take out a mortgage. That shouldn't happen. I don't think it'll happen. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. <laughs> 